0: Welcome to UWO Now. I'm your host, Wendell Ray. UWO Now is a place where we talk to students, staff, and faculty at the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh about interesting and relevant topics. Well, this topic is in the news almost every day and has been for more than a year. You feel it when you go to the grocery store or when you purchase products or services. I'm talking about inflation, but what is it? What is inflation? When will it go away? And will these prices that we're experiencing now be permanent? Here to kind of break it down for us today is David Fuller, who is a professor of economics at the College of Business here at the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh. Thanks so much for coming by and talking to us today on UWO Now.
1: All right. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: (sighs) Okay. So for an economist, this is a great time. You you get to see all this dynamic stuff going on and, and teaching it as it's happening. But for most folks, we hear about inflation. We see what it what's happening in terms of how it impacts our wallet, our pocketbook, what we pay for for products, as I mentioned, or going to the grocery store. But can you tell us, Professor,
1: what is inflation? Sure. Well, it's it's a great question, actually. Um, so I'm gonna I'll kind of break it into to two parts. So, well. The easiest definition is inflation is a, a general increase in prices. Okay, so when you, you mentioned, you know, the things we're paying for, go to the gas station, you go to the grocery store, things are more expensive. So if if average prices are going up, that's what we call inflation. So I'll just give a little more detail to that. So in economics, we like to break it into there's something we call relative prices, which would be Compare the price of a gallon of milk to the price of my orange juice. Okay, right, so that that's a relative price. How expensive is gotcha. milk compared to orange juice? And based on those relative prices, that's how uh, markets allocate goods and services across the economy. So I decide whether I'm going to you know go out to eat at Chipotle versus cook something at home mm-hmm. based on those relative prices. Gotcha. Okay. Um, those, those are changing all the time. So the, the price of one good might go up, the price of another good might go down. Those are changes in relative prices. They're happening all the time. Mm-hmm. That's our economy doing its job, allocating uh, resources where they should be. So then what, what can happen, and generally does happen over time, is all prices tend to go up. So the, the price of orange juice is going up and the price of milk are going up. At one time? At one time. Okay. right. So that's what we mean by inflation is that when i average out all the prices in our economy those are going up more or less across the board now there's still some that are going up faster than others relative prices changing but inflation is catching the idea that all prices are going up in general our cost of living is increasing
0: okay now why 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 do prices go up around the same or at the same time now let me just say this maybe you know what does supply and demand have to do with that, or does that Im- impact it? That is, there's more demand for a particular product. There's not enough of that product, so I'm going to charge more for that product. Is that a part of inflation, or does that have
1: anything to do with inflation? Uh, that definitely can can play a role, right? Um, so that that's exactly right. So it, uh, not to get too technical, right, but uh, so if we go back to my, my milk example, and if if demand for milk was to increase really quickly, that's gonna tend to push the price of, of milk up, right? So uh, mm-hmm. in general, if that's kind of happening across the economy, it's gonna tend to move prices up or push prices up. Now we get to the question of, you know, why is that kind of happening across the economy? Why, why, are, why is demand moving in such a way to increase prices across the economy? Um, and I think there's, I kind of break it into to two different views of inflation. One is we can think of over longer periods of time, how much inflation does our economy have? So historically in the U.S., we have relatively low inflation. So we've had periods, you know, back in the 1970s, we had mm-hmm. relatively high inflation, higher than we have today Um you know that kind of continued into the early '80s, and now we have a bit of an inflationary period now. But you know, on the whole, inflation has been around two to three percent if we average it out. If you compare it to other countries, there's other countries that have had a much higher sort of average inflation rate over a similar period of time. So then I try to figure out, you know, what what is the you know why does one country have lower inflation than another country? That comes down to uh, basically how much money. Is being created in the economy,
0: created, created by businesses and industries, employment created. What do you mean when you say how? By money?
1: created, I mean uh, to to make it simple is basically how much money does do we print? How much oh, new money okay. do we print? Oh, um, okay. So we've every every country, most countries have what we call a central bank. Our central bank is the Federal, Federal. Reserve Bank, mm-hmm. okay. right? Uh, and so one of the, among the many things that they do, they sort of have uh, a finger on how quickly the quantity of money that's flowing around in our economy is, is increasing. So de- depending okay. on their actions, they can, they can sort of put more money into the economy. They can take some money out.
0: And we're talking about physically printing money.
1: Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, it is. I mean, in some sense, yeah, it is, it is right. I mean, uh, some of it is this physically printing, printing cash. Uh, And certainly, you know, further back in the economy, that's exactly what we were talking about. Today, more and more transactions happen electronically. So, you know, a lot of the money creation is uh, flicking computer keys. Okay, understood. Adding adding money to to balances that banks have uh, with the Federal Reserve uh, is kind of how they do it. But I think the analogy works great. Just imagine that, you know, the Federal Reserve prints a bunch of cash and starts... Handing it out across the economy, okay, right? So, so making it available, making it available, yeah, yep. All right, and so you know that does a lot of things. You know, then banks start making loans. You're buying more cars, houses, and so that kind of drives that process that pushes prices up. Okay, and so when I compare countries across time and the average inflation rate, that's the biggest factor. That's what causes long-term inflation. Is the central bank printing more money than the economy can handle.
0: So if I'm out there listening, I'm like, okay, why are they doing that? (laughs) If they know that that this could happen, why would they do that?
1: Yeah. So in, in, in most countries that, that suffer, and we've been lucky, you know, in the United States, we haven't, we haven't really gone down that path of, of, of printing so much money that we get runaway inflation for long periods of time. Um, you know why does a a, a central bank do that? Is typically to to pay off government debt that they just got stuck and they they can't they can't raise enough tax revenue to pay it off. They're not able to borrow more money to to finance their previous obligations, and so the last ditch solution is the central bank prints some extra money, basically gives it to the government. They use that to pay the bills, and then we're off and running. So. Um is that what happened with us? No. In the United States. Okay. <laughs> it's not, not, all right. So luckily yeah, we're we're not we're not in a, you know, I'm I'm sure and I don't want to get into um in, into the politics of sure, no. of the government debts no. and all that stuff. But obviously, you know, it's been increasing, but not not so much that anyone's concerned that the US government can pay it off. So US government is still able to borrow more money if they need to. And so we haven't got to the point where the the Federal Reserve has to print money to pay off our debts. If we, if we did, then we'd really have an inflation problem. This, this inflation problem today, why did all our prices go up? That's why I mentioned the long term. It, it's a slightly different case than that because, it you know, like in the 70s, you get these things that just sort of push the economy in this direction. And then we can take action and bring it back down pretty quickly to where we're, we're typically at.
0: Okay, you talk about push. Push. There's different types of inflation, right? There's yeah. push,
1: mm, cost going, push. You're thinking yeah, of yeah, yeah yep, going yep. to demand pull. <laughs> yep, going yep. back to my
0: macro class in yep, college. Okay, bet, so <laughs> which one? Are, and again, we're not trying to get too deep in the weeds, but yeah. I heard you mention push and push. Are we talking yep. about that type of inflation?
1: Yeah, I think I think we're 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 in a combination. Yeah, so. You, that that's awesome that uh, that you remembered that. So your you, whoever uh, you <laughs> had for economics is is happy somewhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So the you know one type of inflation is what we call cost push, which and, means and basically what that is 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 the the cost of doing business. And so typically this is energy costs go up, and so because I'm I'm a business and my my energy costs and costs of doing business are going up, I have to increase my price. In response, if that happens to all businesses, it it pushed prices prices up uh, because my cost of doing business is going up.
0: And I pushed that along to the people who are and I buying pushed my, yeah, I
1: pushed that along to the people buying my products. So that's what uh, what happened in the nineteen seventies. So we had this big oil price shock. it <laughs> yeah. drove up the, the price of oil, energy, and so businesses had no choice but to increase their prices and pass that along to Consumers.
0: So that is one of the reasons we always are hearing about, ladies and gentlemen out there listening, we're listening, paying attention to oil prices and why uh, that is an indicator, leading indicator of maybe why we may end up having more higher prices elsewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. So there's two, another, and again, I, I'm trying to just break it down simply, but I keep running into these economic terms. So I mentioned a leading indicator, which
1: is? Well, well, a leading indicator is is something that changes before the... It hits everything else. Right? Yeah. yeah. So if I'm talking about inflation, I'm looking for a leading indicator, is something that moves up before inflation does and gives me a signal that inflation could be increasing in the future.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So now let's go back to us here in the United States. We've got an understanding of how inflation may occur in other countries. Right now, we're experiencing a period of inflation. And I want to ask what long-term means down the road in a second. But what are economists saying is the reason we are experiencing higher costs, higher prices now? Is it because of an infusion of capital into the system, more money. There's a low unemployment. People have maybe more money to spend. There's more, as I mentioned, demand is, is higher. Uh, we were talking about oil prices. COVID had may have had an impact. What are people saying has driven this uh, period of inflation?
1: Yeah, uh, all of the above. Oh. <laughs> so okay. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's really a combination of of factors. So I mean, first, you know, we go back to the the increase in in money growth, money creation by the Federal Reserve Bank. That did happen uh, post COVID, or or in the period of COVID. So now that's exceptional, and I, I think everyone would agree that the Federal Reserve was very well justified in keeping the economy afloat in this in this unprecedented Unprecedented time time that we had, right? So one of the things they did uh, to help the financial sector, to help banks and everyone keep operating was they printed a lot of money and made it available to banks. That helped a lot.
0: And they had to do that because people were at home, there wasn't a lot of business going on or what?
1: Yeah, exactly, right? So um, yeah, you know, once once income, you know, for a lot of people, you, you couldn't go to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so if I if I can't go to work, I, I it's gonna be difficult for me to get paid because my firm can't earn revenue. So if I was a restaurant and I'm initially closed down, I have absolutely no way to earn revenue, no way to pay my employees. Once my employees can't earn revenue or income, they can't pay their mortgage, for example. What are what are banks gonna do at, at this point? And so the the Federal Reserve, you know, very wisely said, we're going to put a bunch of cash into the system, into banks, so that they can make loans to companies, to help them stay afloat. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there was some of the government programs and those things that ran at that same time, and so that was the justification, and it, it made sense, and I think was a, you know, we look back, we're, we're happy that we we had all those. things. Could have been a lot worse I,
0: if we didn't make some of those. Moves. Could have been
1: a lot worse. Yeah, we didn't have any any major bank failures or anything during that time, uh, which we certainly could have. Um, so, but the, the consequence, part of what we're seeing now is that the, the money growth was so rapid in that period, it, it had to contribute to, to part of the inflation we see today. So that, that is definitely part of the story. And and you can see the Federal Reserve now, and we, we can talk about that later. They're kind of unwinding what they did before, and that's what's helping to bring inflation down.
0: All um, right. You're listening to UWO Now. I'm your host, Wendell Ray. And today... We're talking with Dr. David Fuller, a professor in the Department of Economics and the College of Business at the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh, trying to break down for everyone what inflation is. You hear about it, you, you know, you feel it when you go and buy things, um, but I don't get the sense that most people, quite honestly, most media people that I hear talking about it, most anchors and and talk show hosts, they just are regurgitating what someone else said but not really getting to the kernel of it. And what is inflation? Why are we experiencing it? How long might this last? Is this a permanent shift in pricing? And what about eggs? Why am I, why am I paying so much for a carton of eggs? We're going to talk about that at length here at uh, one of our time here with uh, Dr. Fuller. So you mentioned, Dr. Fuller, that during this period of uh, COVID, when the economy was slowing down, people couldn't go to work, businesses were shuttering, and there were lots of things that were preventing this flow of capital, this flow of money in the, in, 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 in the economy. The Federal Reserve pumped some more money into the economy so that businesses can continue to operate. But there was also this um, issue of Uh, Because of COVID, goods weren't flowing and there was backups and and, in docks on the coast and there was all these ships lined up in shipping channels trying to deliver goods. They couldn't uh, because other countries were experiencing COVID. They weren't producing. What impact did that have on the economy and what we're experiencing now?
1: Yeah. So that's a, that's a great point, and I, I think that's the other, the other piece of the puzzle of where our current inflation comes from is, you know, like you said, even once, once things returned to semi-normal in, you know, late 2020, mm-hmm. 2021, there were still a lot of these shortages that people were noticing, right? So the various supply chain issues made it hard for companies to keep up with demand. So, you know, we had the, the Federal Reserve took these unprecedented actions that kept the economy afloat. Once things turned around, they turned around really quickly and, and the economy grew very rapidly, right? So it was kind okay. of this, this V-shape type issue that we had that the economy tanked during COVID and we popped back out and it started growing really quickly. And so the unemployment rate went so down. So V-shape, for those
0: of you who can't see what he's doing, if, he, if you're looking at like a, um, a
1: graph, you go down really fast and you go up really fast. So it looks like a V on the graph. Okay. Yep, yep, that's right. And so the unemployment rate it started going down quickly and has remained low. And so, as you said, so what that creates is people wanting to buy lots of goods and services. The economy is doing well. The unemployment rate is low. But because of these supply chain issues, it was hard for companies to manufacture and produce those goods and services fast enough to meet that demand. And so what happens if there's... You know, excess demand, as we might call it, right? People want to buy more stuff than we can produce. That's going to push the price of goods and services up.
0: There goes that word or, again.
1: Or pull, or pull them up. I guess this mm-hmm. is more of this a, a pool. Okay. more of a demand pull type of, of uh, situation, right? Cost combination, push, yeah.
0: Demand pull. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: that's right. So if if demand for goods and services increases much faster than what we can currently supply them at that's going to tend to push most prices up across the economy. Well, wow. So we got a, we got a super we got everything. mixed yep. vegetable super <laughs> stuff going on yep.
0: that is causing a lot of angst for people out there. You're listening to UWO Now. Today's guest is Dr. David Fuller, who is a professor in the Department of Economics in the College of Business at the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh, here trying to help us all understand what this is we're experiencing called inflation you hear it, you see it on the news, you uh, hear economists talking about it, and and people are debating what's causing it. And all you really want to know is, why is it happening? And when is it going to end? And what do we have to do to make it uh, go away? And Dr. Fuller is explaining to us uh, what inflation is and how it happens. And uh, we're going to continue that conversation with him uh, about inflation. But first, I want to kind of take a step back and Kind of ask you, Dr. Fuller, How did, what's your path to UWO? How did you become a professor of uh, economics here at UWO? Uh,
1: yeah, good question. Well, I I, uh, I moved here from Montreal in Canada, actually. Oh, nice, great city. Yeah, beautiful city. So I was working there um, at a university called uh, Concordia University, a, a different one uh, than the, the local one okay. here. Uh, so it's a, a bigger uh, university there in Montreal. Um, so, yeah, I was working there as, as a professor of economics uh, for, for a number of years, and I was actually born in Oshkosh.
0: Is that right? Uh, way back when, okay. yeah.
1: Um, and so it, I grew up in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, outside of Madison. Yeah, know exactly where And, um, yeah, so I, I went to UW-Eau Claire as an undergraduate, and I really, I, I felt really grateful to have benefited from the UW system. So I got a really low-cost high-quality education, uh, and that it, it took me to some really cool places. I got to do some really cool stuff. I saw the job opening at UW Oshkosh. I said, that sounds – I would like to get back to Wisconsin, be close to family, get a chance to contribute to the to the UW system, and that's, that's what brought me back here. I've been here since 2014.
0: And your field of study, your area that you concentrate in typically – as uh, in your in your dissertation and all your research, what is what
1: area are we talking about? Uh, most broadly in macroeconomics. Which, um, I know what that uh, means. Yeah, oh, sure, macro fair, fair, is... macro. Yeah, macroeconomics is, is concerned with the issues we're talking about today, which is the bigger picture of the economy. So inflation, uh, economic growth, the business cycle. So we're, we're looking at the economy as a whole. Um, the other part of economics, microeconomics, Looks at the individual units, mm-hmm. right? So if you know you mentioned before, if I want to know why the price of eggs go up, in some sense, that's a question for microeconomics. Price of one good, I want to I want to focus on micro. Macro is concerned with the the bigger part of that inflation, the, the price of all goods.
0: Okay, so that is what we've been talking about here, uh, inflation, and really trying to help define it. And to give our listeners a better understanding of what inflation really is, why it happens, (laughs) when will it go away, and what is happening behind the scenes. So, you know, you get bits and pieces of it that you may or may not understand what exactly inflation is all about. Uh, We've talked about uh, demand pull, cost push inflation, uh, which has to do with what we defined uh, earlier. And you know, if there's too much demand for certain things, then that's going to pull prices up. Or, or cost push was, what was the definition of cost pushing? Cost
1: push is when the, basically the cost of doing business, typically energy <clears throat> prices, goes up. That pushes up the cost of the goods the company's selling. So if I'm selling a good or a service and the cost of doing business goes up, I have to push along though, that that cost increase in my price to consumers.
0: So we had maybe a mix of all that going on to get us to where we are today. Is that what you yep. believe?
1: Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Oh, wow. That so, so then we have, you mentioned when we first started talking about these central banks. We don't have a central bank, so to speak, in the United States. What we have here is the Federal Reserve, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear the Federal Reserve come up on your news, this is why they're talking about them, because they are central to helping to manipulate the economy in such a way that uh, inflation will slow, ease, and we get back to where we once maybe never were, but we'll, at least inflation stops growing at a fast rate. Am I right about thats that? That what the- is correct, yeah. Okay, so the, right.
1: the Federal Reserve's main concern is inflation. <laughs> so that's... Yeah. That's their main goal, and what they do is to maintain a relatively low inflation rate for our economy. So, when the inflation rate goes up, the Federal Reserve is fully engaged, and they're saying, we're going to take whatever actions are necessary to bring the inflation rate back down to to the levels we find reasonable. Okay.
0: All right. So, so they will do things like raise interest rates, which will make people be less inclined to take out loans. So, they kind of cool the economy, cool the demand a little bit that's out there to um, kind of steady the ship a little
1: bit. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so when you hear, so you've, you've seen Federal Reserve has raised interest rates pretty much continuously since 2021 mm-hmm. and pretty quickly, much faster than they had ever done in, in past yeah. history. Um, and so that's exactly right. They're doing that um, too to effectively, or they're doing it by pulling money out of the system and that's exactly right in the hopes that that sort of cools down the the demand for goods and services that we see. So people are going to buy fewer houses, going to buy fewer cars, appliances. And that, you know, cycles its way through the economy and means, in general, we're going to be buying fewer goods and services.
0: And housing starts another leading indicator that is uh, something that economists look at to see what might happen in the future with the economy. So if people aren't buying homes or new homes are not being built, that means the things that go in those homes are not being purchased. So that's why that's a yep. big deal.
1: Yep, yep.
0: So you're not buying new furniture and new appliances and
1: all that stuff. And yep. construction workers aren't constructing and- That's right, and the the real real estate agents aren't earning as much income as an example, right? Mm-hmm. So if my income goes down as a real estate agent, I buy fewer things. And yeah. if I buy fewer things, the, that person's income goes down. And you know th- this kind of cycles through and multiplies in that way.
0: Okay, yeah. All right, so um, the question then is, okay, so here we are with this inflation. And, and it looks like, well, let me ask you, how do you think the Fed is doing in terms of, Managing the inflation that we're experiencing,
1: uh, I think they're doing a good job. <laughs> um, so they're they're doing everything that they should be doing. Okay, um, which is they they fully one of the one of the main things that is important to to bring inflation under control is for the Fed to really commit to doing it. So they've got to got to say that we're going to keep going until inflation is under control, and by doing that. They sort of assure people they can reset their expectations for what long term inflation is going to be. And when that happens, that in itself can help bring down inflation. Oh, really? Okay. So, part of what drives inflation is what I expect inflation to be. All right. Because that's going to drive for workers how much more we're looking for in our incomes. We want our incomes to keep up with inflation. Otherwise, effectively, our, our incomes are going down. We can't buy as much. Um, and so, all of those things and, and costs of other goods and services, we're basing our increases on what we think inflation is going to be. And so, if, if the Federal Reserve and part, can get those expectations down, we can already start to cool off the, the increases in prices. But they people have to believe that the Fed is actually going to follow through. Now, why wouldn't they?
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> One of the the issues with, as we we said, they're raising interest rates to cool off the economy. If the economy cools off too much, then we're going to potentially enter a recession. Unemployment rate starts going up. That's when the, the Fed's commitment is really tested whether or not they're going to continue bringing inflation down or are they going to give up and focus more on on the unemployment rate.
0: Now, one of the interesting things that's happening, so for you out there who are paying more for various goods and services. You go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, you go wherever you go, things cost more. But one of the interesting things, Dr. Fuller, is that during this time, unemployment has gone down and haven't wages kind of
1: gone up? They just haven't gone up
0: as much as inflation. So people just aren't feeling it because of inflation, right? But more people are working, making more, but their spending power is not as great because of inflation?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, now, of course, you know, this, this is going to depend on individuals. Sure, and right. Parts, yeah. You know, some more. But when we, yeah, when In we look general, at, speaking, yeah, yeah, when we look at on average, yeah, wages have gone up a, a pretty good amount. I think, you know, roughly 5% or something like that over the past couple of years. And unemployment is so unemployment low. Unemployment is way down, yep, 3.5%, that's, which is that's historically that's, the lowest we've ever seen it uh, since, since the 1950s which was a, yeah. a different economy back then. Um, and so, yeah, you know, on paper, that looks great for workers. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 5% wage growth is awesome. It's just... If inflation was If inflation is 8%, <laughs> yeah. that's still a, a effectively 3% reduction in your, your actual purchasing power. So that's why you, you get this sentiment among some workers that it's maybe not uh, going as well as as what it would suggest on uh, looking at the unemployment rate.
0: Okay. So now we're at, uh, we're in
1: inflation. Mm,
0: And I don't know if you put a percentage on it, Uh, how you say we're at X percent inflation rate or wherever we are. But wherever we are currently, doesn't matter. Is this where we're going to live once inflation kind of mm, settles in a spot? Is that where we reside for the foreseeable future or do prices go back down?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, prices unfortunately won't go back down. Um, okay. So remember, you know, inflation is is the 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 general increase in prices that's happening over time. And so, what we're hoping to do is just to bring that increase down, so that prices are increasing at a slower rate over time, but they're going to continue to increase from the level that they're at now. Sure. So if if it costs me five dollars for a dozen eggs more or less for for goods across the economy it's going to continue to increase there just hopefully much slower And that we slow that down then wages can catch up and in terms of our purchasing power it will feel like prices have gone down
0: so dr fuller um prices are not going to go back down gee i I was hoping you didn't say that but uh, (laughs) i guess i gotta live with that so then Oh, let me ask this question before I ask that question that's in my head that nobody knows about. But let me ask this question. So the Federal Reserve, they're tinkering with all these things that they have manipulation over uh, and or, or, or control over. I should say they're manipulating these things they have control over, uh, one of which are interest rates. And they it's a delicate balance. And you mentioned something called recession. What is recession? What's what they're doing and what's the fear of recession in terms of what they're doing and how does that relate to the economy and maybe going too
1: far? Sure, yeah, good question. So a a recession is is basically when our economic activity is declining. Okay, so we, we typically measure our economic activity by how many total goods and services we produce in our economy. And we measure that with a thing called GDP, Uh, gross domestic product so that name of it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. it it tells us how much stuff did we make as an economy okay and when the economy is growing we're making more stuff (laughs) yeah a recession happens when we're making less stuff so economic activity is declining
0: and typically that's because it costs more to make that stuff
1: maybe Uh, it can be yeah that can certainly be one cause of it um and that's that that's probably a that's a good topic for for a for a mm-hmm. long conversation. What what causes the recession? Okay. Uh, but that 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 can happen. That happened in the in the nineteen seventies, for example, with the the price of oil went way up. That sort of pushed the economy into a mm-hmm. into a recession. Um, so recession, economic activity is declining, and what that means for us is that the unemployment rate is going to tend to increase. So unemployment is going to go up. More people are going to lose their jobs. It's going to be harder to find a new job, and so you have you have people not earning income, and that that's where it becomes difficult for us as as households and consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the second part of your question was you know the balancing act that the Federal Reserve has to play there is that as they cool the economy off, raising interest rates, if they go too far, then we can actually push the economy into recession unemployment rate going up and then then people aren't particularly happy. So that happened. the Federal Reserve yeah. did that um, in the 1980s, early 1980s. Um, so if you' if you're an, an econ nerd out there, you remember Paul Volcker, who was the, the chairperson of the mm-hmm. Federal Reserve Bank at, at that point in time and uh, yeah, at the time he was not very popular because he, he kept the actions to reduce inflation going even though the economy was into recession and it was you know generally accepted that that was making the recession worse and and it was it was a pretty okay. deep recession uh, unemployment rate to around 10 percent at that point in time um, and so that you know that's where where people are nervous mm-hmm. as we, we wade into this in the future if the Federal Reserve continues to, to pull, pull back on inflation are they going to continue to go so hard that that we enter into a recession um, and then if we, if we do do they do they continue fighting inflation or do they, they kind of give up and, and try to give us some relief?
0: Now, i got a couple of questions. One is, are these things that just naturally happen during an, an economy? I mean, are these cycles that we are always going to experience in the economy? There's always going to be a period of inflation. There's always going to be a period of recession. Or are the things that are happening that cause these things to occur?
1: Yeah, I mean... Um yeah, it's, it's pretty naturally occurring cycles, right? Okay. So uh, the, the economy goes up and down. Uh, it, it has since we've been able to measure it. Inflation is going to move up and down as the economy is moving around. And, you know, are there things causing those? Yes, but they, they're just a natural functioning of, of the economy. Which uh, then
0: brings to my next question, which you don't always hear. Uh, in reporting or when you're reading about inflation, um, that there may not be a lot that a politician or an elected official can do about it. These are just things that happen. I mean, sure, they might do something to make you feel better, but there's not a lot that an elected official really can do. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, no, there's, there's really not much. Yeah. Not, 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 not not on the, on, on the side of, of politicians. Right. Um, because it's, you know, inflation isn't something that a politician can control. There's no government policies or laws that are contributing to inflation. Uh, We we talked about what was causing inflation. Those are things that are happening in the economy that a politician can't change. And, you know, in fact, when I teach about inflation, one of the costs of inflation I mention is that you can get sort of counterproductive policies that come from politicians trying to help and mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're well-intentioned right I, sure people are upset the cost of goods and services are going up i'm complaining to my representatives they feel obligated to try something and so they do something like i'm going to put a price control in right so i'm going to the price of gas is going up too fast i'm going to say it can't go up anymore you can't charge more than this for gas we tried that in the in the 1970s and it was effective at reducing the increase in the price of gas but it caused huge gas shortages because it's that the these mechanisms work in the economy mm-hmm. whether we want them to or not and if we try to make them not work we just make it it worse and so that's where I, I say I get nervous when you have high inflation because politicians want to do something and if they try to it's usually going to make everything worse than if they let the let the Federal Reserve do what they have to do to control inflation and we just have to, to sort of Uh, bide our time and and deal with these natural ups and downs
0: and the federal reserve who uh, who is this wizard behind the curtain (laughs) these are not political positions necessarily although they may be appointed by a president they are specifically apolitical they are they they're not elected of people we don't even know many times who they are we typically know the name of the chairman but there are many people on the federal reserve right
1: yeah yeah that's right um the The Federal Reserve, yeah. So, Federal Reserve system. There's a, you know, there's it's a regional. So there's like 12 regional Federal Reserve banks that, you know. So our closest Federal Reserve banks in Chicago, we have one in Minneapolis. So those those banks are in charge. Federal Reserve banks are in charge of kind of regulating and helping the banking systems of those areas run efficiently. Mm-hmm. So there's one part that the Fed does, which is just to manage the banking so system. So these 12 banks aren't like Chase Bank. But nope. they're banks over banks. Yeah, it's like a bank for banks, basically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're right, but but uh, no one that works at those is is a political person in, in any way, shape, or form. The Federal Reserve doesn't take any any tax revenue from the government. They they're they're functioning wholly on their own. So they make revenues and have costs like any other business in the economy. It's different than Chase Bank, but you can think of it like Chase Bank in terms of where it fits in politically. So they some of the people are appointed by the president on the board of governors, but otherwise their terms tend to span longer than than the term of the president. And so mm-hmm. there's very little political control in, in the Federal Reserve Bank. And that is set up. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's set up by design <laughs> to avoid politics getting into the decisions the Fed makes because obviously if we want to fight inflation, that's going to tend to mean the economy's going to slow down. And politicians usually don't like the economy to slow down. So Yeah, then, that's, <laughs>
0: then they get more calls from angry constituents. get more calls, that's
1: right. Yeah, yeah. So the Federal Reserve is, is for the most part, independent of, of Congress.
0: Okay, so last question. So this inflation that we're all experiencing, um, the higher cost of certain goods, well, maybe not the last question. I just thought of another. First question I wanted to ask is, are, do do businesses when they are in these types of periods and they see prices going up across the board even though it may not be affecting their good or service do they increase prices as well do you think that happens and there are just some industries, some things that are going up for no good reason
1: um yes <laughs> yeah. so um yeah so you know one one of the things that you know you, you talk about it, don't don't want to get too far into the weeds in economics but Uh, you know, we talk about, if we think about one good or service, we talk about elasticity of demand. Yes, right. So what that means really is just how sensitive are the people buying that good or service to changes in the prices?
0: So if, if I'm paying, so the elasticity of cooking oil may not be the same as the elasticity of a new computer. Yeah. That is that I need that cooking oil. So the elasticity for me is going to be a lot different that is my decision whether I'm going to continue to buy it when I might not want to buy it. I'm still going to buy it because I need it. I might hold off on another price, uh, another uh, good or service, because the elasticity is different. That is my uh, feeling about the price change
1: may take me away from buying that and yeah. say
0: I don't want. That's not in my budget. I'm not going to do that.
1: Yeah, that's right. So you know, a good example of something that's what we call inelastic would be gasoline. Right. So we, you buy gas for your car, you've got to drive back and forth to work. The price of gas goes up. You just pay more for the gas that you're putting in your car. Right. So that yep. I'm not very sensitive to the change in that price. Yeah. Cooking oil is another example. Right. I've just, I've got to have it. The price goes up. There's not much I can do. And so if I'm a business producing a good that has relatively inelastic demand, that gives me a bit more freedom to increase the price and not suffer a, a big reduction in quantity. And so, you know, in a perfect world, there's lots of competition, and, and a business isn't able to do that because if I raise my price, then somebody else will keep it low and they'll take all my business away and, and we we don't get any, any problems. But unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. Some Some industries and some businesses are more competitive than others if you're in a relatively low competition environment or you have a lot of market power like an amazon um then yeah you can raise mm-hmm. prices faster than the cost of the goods and services that you're using to produce those
0: yeah. last question for you um what is this are we in this inflation is we, is it severe mild kind of inflation and how will we know, how will a consumer, how will the person out there listening to us know when inflation has plateaued?
1: Yeah, good question. So, uh, and I'm sure no one will be be agree with me when I say this, but the the current inflation is still relatively mild. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you well, know. Well, if you lived in the 70s, you, yeah, you know. Much, much worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, even, the, you know, uh, other countries in, in different periods of time have had inflation rates you know well over a hundred percent for example. so wow. that's, that's incredible that that's real inflation that has has a big impact. So you know we're relatively lucky in that sense, but that said, it still is higher than what we're used to and so that that has an impact on us and, and we certainly feel that. So how will we know when inflation has has come down? So I you know I'll offer two answers. One is uh, the Federal Reserve will stop raising interest rates and will start cutting interest rates. So if I see that okay. happen, all right. If I see the Federal Reserve no longer raising the interest rates or even cutting the interest rate, they I'll feel know good. at that point okay, that inflation yeah. is under control. All they're right. they're confident inflation is under control. Um, and so then you know the the only other way that we're going to notice is simply that things feel cheaper, meaning okay. you know. At the end of the month, I've bought the things I'm normally buying, and I've got more cash in the bank account than what I had in previous months. So that would be the one sign that inflation is, has kind of started to go down.
0: Okay. Wow. We could talk about this for years. I'm, and uh, that's probably why you lecture on it because there's <laughs> always something to talk about. Wow. But thanks so much for coming by And talking to us today. It's really been enriching and uh, educational. And and our goal here today was to kind of bring inflation into the living room of people so they get an understanding of what it actually is, why it is affecting them in the way it is, and how uh, the Federal Reserve is trying to minimize that effect on them. And I think you've come in and, and done a great job to help explain that. So thanks very much. All right. Thanks.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: Okay. You've been listening to UWO Now. Remember, UWO Now is the place where you can listen to interesting and relevant topics explained by subject matter experts at the University of Wisconsin-Oshkosh. We also talk to uh, administrators, students, and staff here, as well as alumni. So uh, remember to keep checking us out. Uh, To hear the latest episode of UWO now on our website, go to wrst.org. You can also go to podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and watch us, as I mentioned, on the UWO YouTube page. I'm Wendell Roy. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.